0: Lots of joyful noise today, all right? Can you do that for me? Let's just have a good time as we praise Him today, all right? Y'all, listen. Be seated just for a little bit. I want to welcome you to Airline Baptist Church today and say how glad we are to have you here. And uh, just on another note, just glad to have uh, Brother Kerry Warbington with us this morning, playing banjo. Thank you, Kerry, for being with us. That's uh, I've always wanted to do that. That's uh, that's good. We can we can praise God with all different kinds of music. Amen. Amen. Sounds good this morning. Thank you all for being here. If this is your first time ever been with us, I don't know if I've seen you. Well, we've got a few first-time guests, I think. Take a few moments, if you would, and fill out that Connect card. Just not going to harass you or go knocking on your door or anything. We just want a record of you being here with us, and just let you know if you need anything, you can contact us and let us know. love to pray for you about something or, or just just love on you a little bit if you'll let us. So fill one of those out, put it in the offering plate when it comes around in just a little while. Okay? Y'all good? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, if our ushers, I think they're in place this morning, we're going to take up an offering uh, as we continue on with worship here in a little bit. But again, just to say thank you so much for being here. Our pastor is uh, is out of town, I think. Well, they're coming back in today or tomorrow? Tomorrow. So uh, pray for them as they're traveling, and uh, just look forward to them getting back with us and, and uh, being here all this week to uh, lead us. So thank you uh, again for being here. Let's pray together, and then we'll continue on with the service, okay? All right, God, thank you so much, God, for this wonderful day, for this time to be together, to worship you and to praise you with song. And Lord, to lift you up as uh, Brother Clint comes in just a little while and, and preaches to us, Lord, I pray you'd empower him. Give him, God, the, the words to speak that we need to hear. God, just just use him this morning to enrich our hearts, to build us up, Lord, that we might build you up and lift you up in our lives and everything that we do. God, you, you have your will and your way. And we pray a, a special blessing on this offering this morning. God, I pray that you'd... You'd use continue to use this church, Father. Coming up on 150 years since you've encouraged and placed on someone's heart to start a church on this on this little road. So, God, we just pray you'd continue to, to bless and to use us and equip us to do those things that you've called us to do, placed us here to do, and that's just to share the good news and the gospel with everyone that we come in contact with. So, God, use us and... Keep us faithful and mindful of you in all that we do. Thank you again for this wonderful day. Now bless us as we stand and sing your praises in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Some Good job back there, CJ. I told him, I think he might have been built for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Amen. This is, uh, this is fun, and it, it does bring honor to God. You know, one of my, I love this next song. It's one of those, uh, it's an old
1: song, a whole lot, and it comes right straight out of Matthew.
0: Come unto me, all you who are you rest, says, Take my yoke upon you. Says, My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Love that, love that song. And it speaks to all of us. Come unto me, all right?
1: Hear the blessed say is it.
0: we thank you so much as we look around and see your wonder and just even this morning God seeing the beauty of your creation God, everything that you have have just set forth for us to enjoy God we see evidence of your goodness and your power and your strength and God thinking back over our lives every one of us in here God have time after time after time seen you answer prayer and seen evidence that you're involved in our life not only involved God but that you care about us. God, it's just wonderful to have a God who loves and the God who knows us and loves us anyway. God, we just look forward to a great time this morning. Pray you be with brother Clint as he stands to proclaim your word today. God bless us through the preaching of your word and God just use us that we bless others and honor you and everything that we do throughout this community. Draw us closer together as a church body. Make us stronger, God, for your glory, for your goodness. God, use us now. Take this time, God, do with it what you would have done in Jesus' name, we pray. And all God's children say it, amen.
2: Amen. 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 Thank you, Mike. Thank you for everyone up here this morning. It sounded really, really good. I'm most amazed at, Mike, I'm going to ask you this way. What, was, what do we call that thing on Landon's foot? I mean, it's a tambourine. Is it a foot marine? Because I really was amazed by it. It sounded really good as he's beating. I don't know if you guys can see it. He's tapping his foot. And yeah, Michelle was like, this takes me back to my uncles when we sit around and play. So yeah, beautiful uh, this morning. Thank you for that. Thank you for being here this morning. As Mike has already said, we have a lot of people traveling, including our pastor. I think Pastor Taylor and his family's traveling as well. It's fall break kind of in between. Some schools are on fall break last week, some on next week. I mean, we're all over the place, And but it is uh, great to be here. Our pastor and, and, and his bride, Whitney, in, in New York, uh, he's really happy because, you know, for some reason he's... He's thirty. I can talk about him like this. But he's living in his glory days, still going to these football games and you know, wearing his big T, Troy. But Troy did beat Army yesterday. It's the reason they went to New York and uh, so I know he's very excited about that and hopefully he's watching wherever he is. I know there's internet all over New York and and he can chuckle that he's still living in his glory days. I understand that. I'm 50, and I still try to do that sometimes, Miss Beth. But the older I get, it just really doesn't matter anymore, right? Uh, so glad to be as we're going to continue in the book of James. Our pastor has uh, been led to, to carry us through that book and um, going verse by verse. And tremendous scripture. I mean, the book of James is, is really beautiful. We're going to be in James chapter 3. And Lord willing, we will close out that chapter today. These last several verses that cover uh, James uh, 3, verses 13 through 18. And uh, if you have your Bible... I don't know that they're going to be on the behind us, but please turn in your Bible and I'm going to ask you, if you will, uh, <clears throat> if we could all stand, I know we just sat down, but I'm going to stand you right back up just for a few minutes, a few, uh, few seconds as we read uh, these uh, few verses. So we're going to be in James, again, chapter three, verses 13, 13 through 18. And the Bible says, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Lord, we thank you for these beautiful verses. What a challenge it's been to me over the last couple of weeks, really just looking at this text over and over and over. God, and how I I believe, I hope, I hope it's evident, even as we talk today, how it is impressed upon me the importance for the wisdom from above and what that looks like. So God, help us as we talk for just a few moments about uh, this text, Lord, may it uh, pierce the hearts as only your word can this morning, that as we all look for wisdom, let us look for the wisdom that comes from above. And God, it will be evident in how we walk and how we live these lives as followers of Christ. God, we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So again, thank you for, for being with us this morning. Uh, we we love this book of James. James is really the the epistle of applied Christianity, if you will. Um, I like to think of it as Christianity in shoe leather. It's, it's Christianity 101. It, um, uh, the, the theme of James is a faith that works, you know, and, and, and I love that. is it's practical application, because if we have a genuine faith, if we have an authentic faith, a real faith, then our faith is going to manifest itself in our works. I mean, it's that simple. Now James says here that, that if we have wisdom, It's going to show itself by the way that we live, period. And I put like three periods right there in my notes, period. If we have wisdom, it's going to show itself by the way that we live. Now, we'll get to this minute. Our hope today as we look at this text is, is that we display wisdom that comes from above. But James is going to give us two types of wisdoms wisdom today, and 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 all that we cover today, I believe, and you, and some of you here, uh, this is the first time you've probably ever heard me preach. I'm, I'm Clint, one of the pastors. I've been coming here since CJ was. The one on base who was built for this, as Mike said, he's built for base. I like, that's good. We'll use that. Uh, but again, I've been here for a long time. And, and if you've heard me, if you've been around me and, and, I, and I struggle with this, I'll just be honest with you. I like to talk about relationships because we all have relationships. I mean, we do. And, and and there's two types of relationships. There's transactional relationships and there's transformational relationships. Most often we struggle with this because a lot of our relationships are transactional. Miss Beth, what can you do for me? And I'm thinking about you in that relationship. And we all can be that. And we're going to talk about it. James is going to talk about it as God spoke to him through in, uh, through this text, but uh, into this text. So, So again, we're going to talk about relationships, because what we're covering today is so important about our human relationships, how we wisely learn to relate to and get along with one another. Because at the end of the day, uh, I'm sorry, i got to move this because I keep looking over here and I can't see that my people on my left here. Uh, so again, as we, as, we, as we look to have relationships that are transformational, our wisdom and the wisdom we're seeking after is gonna tell us kind of where we are in this. So again, uh, so, so here's the question, who wants wisdom? Yeah, I mean, I- everyone should have raised their hand. If you're awake, who wants wisdom? Who wants wisdom? I mean, I, I would say uh, we would be hard pressed to, to really find anyone who would say they're not interested in having some sort of wisdom. Now, if you're an educator and you're a teacher, you probably have students that you would say, man, they don't want wisdom, right? Because they're not listening to you. They're not trying to learn. And, and the wisdom we're going to talk about today is, is a little different. But, but again, you can say, well, you know, I don't really care, but, but I don't think we, could, we would find anyone who isn't looking for some type of wisdom in their life, some type. I mean, no one wants to be perceived as a fool. I would think, I mean, that's, that's logical. Uh, So we seek after wisdom in all that we do usually on a daily basis, because you know, whether it's cooking food, I was telling Michelle, I, I like to Google, like, how do you prepare this type of food? How do you do this? And somehow or another, they keep getting my email. All I'm doing is looking on my iPhone and I keep getting all these emails about cooking. I mean, I, I subscribe and this anyway, that's an stop there. But, but we're looking for wisdom, right? And, in, in what all we do. And so I love, I mean, who, who buys stuff? I mean, who in here, Miss Sue, yeah, you buy a lot of stuff. I know. I mean, are you in raises going? Yes. That's why I have no hair and, and I'm still working and I'm trying to, yeah. So anyway, but, but when we, when we, I like to read reviews, anybody, when I'm buying stuff, I mean, cause I'm looking for wisdom. I mean, it'll have four and a half stars on Amazon, but then I'll look on there and I'm one of those, I'm letting y'all into my psyche. I look at all the photos. Like if I'm buying a pair of boots and that third or fourth review shows where the, the soul comes off after three or four months. I don't want that. I don't care if their reviews are good, I'm looking. So I'm trying to gain wisdom. I don't know why I started talking about all that. But again, uh, sadly in this world, Sadly, in this world, the wisdom we care about is usually the wrong wisdom. We put so much care into how we look. Now, we should care about how we look, but we put so much care into how we look or how we come across on the surface. On the surface. It's all peripheral. It's all on the outside. So, so again, we put, or, or in how we come across on the surface, we care about people's perception of us. But here's the question this morning while James asked this question, do we care about what God thinks of us? Because all of us, whether you say this, and I say this a lot, and I tend, I really don't care what other people think about me, but deep down I kind of do. We all do, right? And so, so we want to be perceived a certain way, but, but we, will, we will spend hours, this younger generation will send, spend hours on their phone taking pictures. It has to be the right picture with the right setting to have the right post, to get the right amount of likes, to get all these things because we're so caught up in how we are perceived. And us as older, we the same way we can drift into that, but do we care about what God thinks of us? Do we care about not being foolish in respect to God? James is going to point out to us that we frequently are seeking the wrong wisdom. And he teaches us here that there's two types of wisdom. And before we jump into those two types, first, James comes with this question Who is wise and understanding among you? Do you have wisdom and understanding? People can't merely think, Brother Nelson, that they have wisdom. You can't just say, well, yeah, I got wisdom. Uh, Wisdom must be shown in action. Again, we said James is our faith put to work. That's what the book is really about. So the evidence of humble, meek wisdom is shown in good conduct to state the point more sharply we 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 prove which wisdom we have or which wisdom we're seeking by our actions james is asking us to evaluate who not only knows what is right but also can perceive what is right because good conduct is is inevitable inevitably the the outgrowth the 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 appearance of true wisdom wisdom is revealed by the way we live our life. So not only are we to have good conduct, but we are to practice this good conduct in meekness. Now this is where it gets tough. This is where it really begins to get tough because meekness, uh, the Greek word is parates, is, is a, it's a fairly complicated and and really has a lot of different uh, facets to it. And it's difficult really to just put one word on what is being said here. Uh, the Greek, one Greek commentary I was reading says of this word, it says, The quality of not being overly impressed by a sense of one's self-importance. Let me read that again, because this is, this is good. The quality of not being overly impressed by a sense of one's self-importance. Can I give you redneck terms? It's not about you. Because so often we make it just about us. How am I perceived? How am I thought of? So James, he comes right at us. Some translations use the word humility to explain this concept. However, I believe humility is not uh, all of what is being described here. Again, man, I dove off in some stuff this week. In classical Greek, the word was used of people who were gracious and mild. Okay. Further, when this word was used of things, it meant gentle. It was used of a gentle voice. Me and Scott was talking about this earlier. I don't have a gentle voice. I really don't need a microphone, but, I, but, but a gentle voice, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's um, used of a, a gentle animal. Some translations use the word gentleness. The word was even used of a horse that had been broken a wild stallion who or mustang who had been broken so the Greeks said that the word meant literally power under control that's tough now i i don't like to be he likes being under control i struggle with that no i like to be in control charlie i mean that's i do and i struggle with this so again such a good text um this, this, so we need to, to really bind all of this that I've just said together, because I know I'm talking a lot, but, but, but when we think of meekness, and it's probably why some translations simply just use the word meekness, it carries the idea of humility, gentleness, and mildness, but not because of weakness. Hear me out here. The idea of humility, gentleness, and mildness, but not because of weakness, rather power and strength exist, but it has to be placed under the control of the Lordship of God. Humility, gentleness, and mildness comes from the fact that this power has been put under control. Think of a, a, we mentioned a horse, a great racehorse. There's no way. I don't care how strong a man you are or whatever, if you come up beside this, this, this big horse, they are stronger than you. But James even uses the illustration last chapter, put a bit in her mouth and you can control them. That's what we're talking about here. Now let's come back to verse 13. We show our good conduct with the attitude of humility, gentleness, and mildness. Again, that is derived from a power placed under control. In Proverbs 11, 2, it says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. I think that's where James is at here, and he's really going to challenge us because our relationship with God is revealed by the life we live. Just as work showed us what kind of faith we had in James chapter 2 so also works show what kind of wisdom we have and he's going to show us uh in the next verses because he gives us two types of wisdom the first wisdom he talks about is wisdom of the world verses 14 through 16. he shows us what wrong wisdom looks like it says but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder and every vile practice. That's all inclusive, every. So if a person has envy, and just to the text, jealousy and a selfish heart, this person's living a lie. Living a lie. I mean, did you see that? I mean the the text says in verse 14, you're false to the truth, which means you're not the truth, and which means a lie. You are claiming to be wise, but you're living in a way that denies the claim. Acting with jealousy and envy shows that we don't have godly wisdom. Do we see hear how these attributes are in contrast to this meekness that we talked about early. And we kind of dissected a little bit because we said of meekness is the quality of not being overly impressed of one's self-importance. So what does envy, jealousy, and selfish come from? They come from having a sense of one's own self-importance. It's all about me. I need to look out for mine. I need to get mine. I is what is best for me. What's my own interest? And we can all struggle with that. And these, these, these attitudes from seeing what other people have and think, well, man, I should have that. Why did they get that promotion? Why did they have that car? Why did they have that house? That should be mine and and we can all be guilty of that but but again worldly wisdom says i'll take care of myself worldly wisdom says i deserve this i demand that i demand respect i deserve attention this is how the world teaches us to think and act but james is condemning that which is so good uh you know i was was raised by by a man who who if nothing else, was the hardest working man I've ever known. I, I can't, I'm trying to share this with CJ, who's, who's a, a 16 year old young man coming into manhood. And we were talking the other day and I said, look, I, I don't know uh, what all I'm gonna leave you, what all I'm gonna impress upon you in life. I'm 50, you're 16, your grandfather's no longer with us. My grandfather's no longer with us. But what I can tell you about those two men they couldn't, nobody outwork them. So I want to be that same way. I don't want anybody to outwork me. Now that, that can get myself in trouble sometimes because I'm going against what I said earlier. But but here, when I, when I look at this and what I'm trying to teach my son and my children is if you work hard and you do the right thing and I'm looking to the right wisdom and I'm not thinking, man, I deserve that. This entitlement so we have so many people who feel like they're entitled to things then 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 it's going to be good because James is is condemning the thinking of entitlement he says that this wisdom is not from above but it's earthly unspiritual and demonic when we act like this we're acting like people of the world and not of Jesus because if we call ourselves Christians And Paul is, I mean, uh, James is in this book is Christianity 101, followers of Christ, because if we do that, we need to think as Christ does, not the ungodly way, because we limit our vision and thoughts to the things of the earth, and we're ignoring the riches of heaven (laughs) Uh, and what is to come, and, and we're merely thinking of the temporal things here on earth. Further, James calls this wisdom unspiritual. We're not thinking spiritually, but naturally. Paul uses similar language to condemn this carnal worldly thinking in Romans 8, 7, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 4. You're not looking at life through a lens of God, but a worldly lens of unspiritual standards and then james james then goes hardcore and i've i've looked at this i mean he calls worldly wisdom demonic now uh chase and i we were somewhere a couple of weeks ago uh, took him over to yeah, we were in canton playing in a reinhardt university fca golf tournament and there was a big subdivision um bridge mill i think it was really nice houses but this one house I had a lot of Halloween stuff out and taste like man that's demonic uh I'm like well that's kind of a strong word he said yeah Michelle would like that she likes Halloween stuff so anyway it was kind of funny but it's not because you think demonic is a strong word and I think we take it too lightly and James is saying here that that if this worldly wisdom is demonic what a statement you think that you're of God when you act like this no you're not of God you are demonic. You are of the devil, not God. Stop fooling yourself. Stop lying to yourself. Are we getting to some point here that this important point that James is is teaching? Godly wisdom is not the wisdom the world generally teaches. Godly wisdom is nothing like that that comes from the earth. James continues here in verse 16, and he describes the results of this worldly wisdom, because when we have jealousy, envy, and selfish ambition, he says there will be disorder in every vile practice. I'm not going to go too far into this, but has anybody looked around the world today and what's going on? I mean, I'm, I'm not getting political, I'm not doing any of that, but, but some of the things that are happen, happening right now in the world around us in which we live is really lining up with, with the end times. And, and I'm not a prophet, I'm not doing any of that because my Bible says no one knows when the Lord is coming, only him. And I'm not saying that, but I am saying that if you look around this world, how we have turned our face on a God of of love and, and sovereignty and righteousness, and we've looked to our own self, the Bible says there will be disorder in every vile practice. And we're seeing this, we're seeing the truth of this teaching right now. As the world continues to reject the gospel, there's going to continue to be uh, an increase of disorder in every vile practice. Why are these things increasing? Because the gospel is being rejected. And the gospel is Christ. Rejecting God, as, as, as some want to claim, does not make us smarter or more civilized. Rejecting God causes us to be more disorderly and more wicked. Plain and simple, when we reject the wisdom that comes from above and accept this self-centered "I'm going to get mine" life, we become more wicked. More wicked. Our families and our families become more disorderly and broken. Relationships are damaged. Our society and relationships simply become more destructive as we focus on ourselves and we stop focusing on God. We're making a mess of our lives and we're making a mess of this world around us. The longer we remain in this selfish, I'm going to get mine, driven wisdom that is not from above. That's where we are. But thankfully... As James paints this picture that we're seeing lived out, that we all can struggle with because Christ himself said the flesh is weak, but the spirit is ready. And we're in this flesh and thankfully we get verses 17 and 18 before we close out this chapter because James is going to describe for us these these various characteristics or qualities that, that will test us to see if we have wisdom from above. Verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Man, I read that, and obviously I've read this text before, but reading that, long look in the mirror, I think there's no mistake when James says in chapter 1 verses 22 and 23 24 that we need to look into the word because what is it it's a mirror so as I'm reading this text this verse man the mirror I don't like what I see brother Fred sometimes when I look in the mirror especially when I look at these words and 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 James just hits right to it because the first first characteristic above all else is purity purity. The pure life is clearly a life that is obedient to godly wisdom. Nothing shows wisdom from below more so than an impure lifestyle. Nothing. We're lying to ourselves if we think we have wisdom and understanding from God, but we're living an impure life. You don't have wisdom. You don't have understanding. Further, why would we listen? This is me. I, I have the opportunity to stand in front of a lot of people. So this has been the challenge. Where, where am I thinking? Where are my thoughts? Where are my words? What are my actions? What are my habits? My character? What does it look like? Because as I, as I wrote this and, and I'm thinking, we're, we're making, I mean, how or why would we listen to the wisdom of people who are living Impure lives. Why would we? How foolish to listen to their instructions. Pure living shows godly and spiritual wisdom. And verse seventeen is is, is a verse that I really hung on a good bit um, this week, especially. But it's because it, it's interesting not only for its meaning, but but for the literary style in which James wrote it. And and again, I I got into the Mike, I got into the Greek this week a lot more than I meant to. And it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's good. I really don't know what I'm doing sometimes in that, but I, I got into it. And because much of this verse in, in the Greek is, is, is really an alliteration and a rhyme when James wrote it. I mean, it's really good, but, but these things are lost, of course, when it gets translated uh, to English in the ESV, as we, as we read this wisdom of, of above, it, it reads peaceful, peaceable, gentle, open to reasons, there are, these three things are, are characteristics or qualities that describe a wise person's disposition. If we truly have wisdom, the wisdom that comes from above, the wisdom that is not destructive and unspiritual, then we will be peaceable, we will be gentle, and we will be open to reason. Now consider that, that these are other really valid words that describe what meekness looks like. Uh, those with the wisdom from above, they do listen to others. They're teachable. They're coachable. They have power under control. They're gentle. They're they're humble. They're they're peaceable. Now that's the first set that, that James used. The second set of qualities reveal A godly, wise person's actions, and James says that those with godly wisdom are full of mercy and good fruits. Now, the first three qualities—peaceful, peaceable, gentle, and open to reason—describes disposition. These two describe a wise person's actions. We do not have the wisdom of God, and cannot hear me out. Cannot claim to have godly understanding when our lives are not full of mercy and good fruits. I'm going to read that again. We do not have the wisdom of God and cannot claim to have godly understanding when our lives are not full of mercy and good fruits. So the question is Can yours, can mine, can our lives be described as full of mercy? Can your life be described as full of good fruits? Remember how James began teaching in verse 13 your good conduct shows the meekness of wisdom in your life. So, where is the good conduct? Where is the merciful acts? Where are the good fruits? We must Think about being full of mercy and good works or good fruits today, should we? Yes. When we rise tomorrow morning, is that what we're going to be thinking? It's easy to think it on Sunday. We're around our brothers and sisters who, you know, trying to do the same thing. But what about when you show up on that job site tomorrow morning? Or when you wake up tomorrow morning and hopefully spend some time with the Lord, couple of minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever God leads you to do. But as you open his word, Brother Doyle, tomorrow morning, are we thinking, man, how can I show mercy today? How can I be full of some merciful acts? How can I be full of, of good fruit? I, I mean, I think that's a challenge for us because um, when, we, when we do that, we will show that God's wisdom is at work in our lives now paul gave us the three to start with peaceable gentle and open to reason then we just talked about full of mercy and good fruits and the final thing that he gives us at the end of verse 17 and i love this is impartial and sincere these final two words um, describe the steady constancy of the one who has godly wisdom now the New American Standard Bible reads, and I love this, Mike, it says, unwavering and without hypocrisy. So it takes impartial and sincere and says, unwavering and without hypocrisy. And I like to think that, that this reading, this translation matches, I think, the idea of the best. That's, that's my opinion. The Christian, the Christ follower is not fake are wavering when they face challenges, and we're all going to face them. Christians or followers of Christ are sincere and true in their actions. This is in contrast to the double-minded man that James spoke about in chapter 1, verse 8, who is unstable in all of his ways. The harvest, now this is, I love, this has really just been good for me, I'm glad Pastor Zach asked us to, to preach this particular text. Because the harvest of these qualities is righteousness sown in peace by those who make peace. Now, I need this. Uh, I think Michelle even told me yesterday, why are you so mean? I'm, if, if you're so mean, you're, are you making peace? Bess over here chuckling because, well, she understands. I've known her a long time. But yeah, but be, I mean, I just, you know, so, so you've got, by those who make peace, James stated in, in chapter one, verse 20, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, in, in Pastor Zach noted that this meant our anger, does not produce righteous living that God demands from his people. James points out here in in. Chapter 3, verse 18, that when we have godly wisdom that is pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, unwavering, and sincere, eight things there, then we are producing the righteous life that God demands as we sow or work in the peace that comes from above to those who are making peace. Now, I love this and I just keep looking at it. Wow. I mean, you think, well, what is peace? Peace is righteousness. Second Corinthians 521 life verse for he, God made him Christ who knew no sin to become our sin so that what? So that what? So that we can be found righteous in him not in ourselves but in him but but that righteous living only comes to those who seek this peace or this righteousness and so that same peace or righteousness in those around them these relationships as we simply follow the one who makes all of this available who makes all of this possible the one who who makes a way when there is no other way the one who 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 is the light of the world the one who who will go into the darkest Darkest place and shine the brightest. This this man named Jesus Christ, the brother of James who wrote this, the one who we're supposed to be following, the one who we're supposed to be clinging to, the one we're supposed to be looking to, because he is above and he's here with us in his Holy Spirit. Are we clinging to that type of wisdom? Because this is so in contrast to what James described in verses 14 through 16, the worldly wisdom from below that leads to disorder in every vile practice. Mike, I don't think you can get farther from each other. We have disorder in every vile practice when we're looking to wisdom from below to where if we will look up, we have these things, this, this purity, this, this, this peace, this righteousness, this, this, this constancy, that all of these things. Because again, we need to listen to the God of righteousness that leads to the righteous life, which is what God requires. So as we as we close and I think, you know, I could keep talking for another 30 minutes about this, but I probably would just confuse you even more because my mind works a little weird sometimes, but it's really simple, Mike, you know, as you guys get ready to come up, but which, which, which wisdom leads your life? It's not a hard question. Now, the answer may be difficult, where, where it's leading may be difficult, but again, at the end of the day, which wisdom leads your life? Which wisdom leads my life? Am I following the wisdom from above or the wisdom from below? It's easy really to know which one you're following. Take a long look in the mirror. Look at your life. Look at your conduct. Look at your character. Look at your attitude. If you have jealousy, envy, and selfish ambition, then you're lying to to yourself. If you think you're following God, you're following the wisdom of the world. But those who follow God, show it by their conduct that is full of purity and peace and gentleness and mercy. Live the righteous life that God demands from you. In verse 18, it says, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make Peace. When I read this, and when I first read it, I'm like, and a harvest. Now, some of you in here farm. What's a harvest? It's where all the work you've done starts coming in. So, so I look at this, and a harvest of righteousness. Man, this is future grace we're talking about here. This is if we line up with the wisdom from above, and we live this pure, peaceable, gentle, kind, unwavering lifestyle, there's a harvest coming, and it's going to come as we, as we look ahead, it's a harvest of righteousness that must be sown by us, as we look to God, to equip us as we pursue a Christ-driven, community-focused lifestyle that is rooted only and solely in the wisdom from above. So as we, as we close simple questions, what wisdom are you chasing? What are you going after? Is it from how you feel about yourself? How you hope to be perceived by those people who really their relationship with you is purely transactional? Probably on both ends, you need a nod of uh, approval from them, which is what you're trying to get out of them, and they just use you. I mean, there's so many relationships like that in this world, but are we truly looking to be Christ-driven, community-focused, having transformational relationships? You've heard me say it. We all have this small sphere of influence around us. Some of us is bigger than others, but what are you doing with it? Am I looking, I can, ask, I can ask, am I looking for wisdom from above? Am I desiring to be pure? Am I desiring to be peaceable, to be gentle, to be kind, to be meek, to be unwavering, to be impartial? Am I doing that? Is that what I'm chasing after? Because I struggle in that. I do. But man, that's what I want. That's how I got on my face before God this morning saying, God, help me to be who you've called me to be. I want your wisdom. I want your touch. I want your hand upon me. I want the ministry that you called me into, and he's called us all to ministry if you're a follower of Christ. It to be, as as Richard Segoe said 15 years ago, 12 years ago on this stage, my ministry is just simply the wake that is created as I follow Christ. And if I'm following him, those things are gonna be pure, peaceable gentle kind, power under control because we're all racehorses, brother Dole you still a racehorse. let him control you with that bit and go do what he's called you to do that's my prayer for this church that's our pastor's prayer for this church we're, we're positioned in a very unique place I don't know if y'all drove around but it's coming the things we talked about 15 years ago coming to this community is coming just look around It's coming, it's coming. Are we gonna look to the wisdom from above to reach them? Let's don't be those old mean, hateful Christians, look down their nose at everybody, think we got it figured out. Last time I checked, ain't none of us got it figured out. But man, we should be pursuing the one who does. And if you don't know him, man, you can know him today. I'm gonna pray and Mike's gonna sing. I'll be standing down front if you need to pray, if someone else, comes and you need someone to pray with you I have brother nelson over here he'll pray with you for sure let's pray god we love you god we thank you help us today to look at you this wisdom from above let us chase after you huh. let us stop chasing the things of the world that we're all can be guilty of and let us chase you and the beauty of it is if we pursue you, you're pursuing us. That's transformational relationships right there. That's this discipleship model that we're supposed to model to those around us. So God, help us. And if there's one here this morning who, who doesn't know you, who doesn't understand what we're talking about, it's a little cloudy. Lord, I'd love to pray with them. God, as you work in their hearts, we have others who would pray with them down here. And we're not trying to talk anyone into anything. But God, we do love to put our arms around others and and pray with them. So God, we thank you. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. It is a marvelous grace. Love that song. Uh, You can be seated real quick as we uh, get ready to get out of here. I'll just talk to you just for a couple of moments. Uh, Again, thank you so much for being with us today. If this is your first time or the first time in a long time, I'll be in the foyer right out there as we make our way out. I'd love to shake your hand and tell you how much we enjoyed you being here today. Hope you got a worship bulletin as you came in. Several things on there I need you to look at. Obviously, October is Pastor Appreciation uh, Month, and uh, make sure you tell Pastor Zach that you appreciate him, Whitney, Pastor Mike, Pastor Taylor, Mike and, I mean, Taylor and Zach, they're being appreciated, they're out of town on vacation, must be nice, so anyway, uh, another jab, I'm sorry, gosh, I get in trouble, peace, loving, kind, meekness, so, see, told y'all I struggle, I do this, so again, look at the Worship Bulletin, you're invited to the Fall Festival, October 29th, uh, Food fun, Fellowship, Uh, that's going to be, 530 to seven, we're gonna do that down the hill. There's opportunities to jump in and serve. It's gonna be a hybrid. It's not a trunk or treat, but there's things we can do. And if you have something that you would love to come and be a part of that, contact church office or talk to one of us pastors. New Wednesday equipped classes coming October 25th. And that being said, that means this Wednesday as we do have a lot of people on fall break, there's no services this Wednesday night on campus. I know a lot of students, if you're in Hall County, you're out of school for a few days. You teachers have got to work on Wednesday, but I don't know if they really call that work. You will just sit around and go eat lunch, I think, something like that. So again, I'm in trouble again. Here we go, Nelson. It doesn't take much, does it? Uh, So uh, take a look at this. Obviously Operation Christmas Child is on there because all those things are coming. Listen, we love you. We appreciate you. We really do. Excited to be in the Lord's house with you guys. I love this church. I love... Uh, this community in which we're in i hope you guys have a great rest of the weekend enjoy this weather 58 degrees the high tomorrow praise god good stuff so y'all have a great sunday take care